Welcome in Texans Huddle. After the bye week, I am ND. She is DP. And not every day do you get to sit next to a Heisman Trophy winner, the only Heisman Trophy winner of the Houston Cougars. Still trying to figure out why that statue's not there. But you know what? We'll, we'll talk <laughs> about that later. That. We'll talk about that later. Make it happen. Andre Ware in the seat next hey, to Hey, good us. to be in with you guys. This has been a long time coming. You know how long I've been wanting to get on the air and just talk football with you and listen to your shows all the time? And then finally, finally. Not as long as I've wanted to jump on air with you. So <laughs> finally, my the man. The two of you have never crossed paths. No, we haven't. It's, in you all know, of your time together. Not on air. He's always been a guy that I've Oh, we've always talked. And yeah. he's always given me advice but as far as just doing something together it hasn't happened and you guys did the same thing in the preseason you were doing color for tv and mm-hmm. andre was doing color for radio so and we you guys- talked then and obviously we we uh we shared some we had a long conversation you guys share notes this the season started we didn't share notes no? but we just shared i guess strategy so to speak and and different things like that but it's he's we've always talked and communicated We've just never been on the air together. You know, it's funny because I listen, especially if I'm on the road uh, when the Texans are playing. So I'm always listening to to the games. And, and this isn't a knock against anybody. You know, Mark is more no matter what happens, I have to be pro Texans. And not saying Andre isn't, but Andre <laughs> like, no, that was a bad play. Like on air, he'll be like, no, it's okay to say it's something. And I'll just be driving my car, just laughing. Yeah. Like, look, if there's one guy that's going to keep it real, yes. regardless of who's signing the check is Andre. And you have to appreciate that. You, it's, he's even better in person. I feel like, cause you, you hear what he says on the air and then you see his reactions in the booth. And that's actually really funny. Sometimes yeah, it's, it's funny. Sometimes it's it's funny. After I'm glad the fact. it doesn't come across on the, over the air. <laughs> no, you, you do a, few a good times job. It's probably gotten close, but <laughs> maybe I know it because I know you and I know yeah, the that's type what of, it is. Yeah, I think yeah, if you, you know, know Dre, you know, you know where his frustrations coming from. But I love hearing like just as a former quarterback, like everything that you've been able to. It seems like this is such a nice gift to get to call these CJ Stroud. Oh, it is. It's plays it's, every single week. <sighs> I mean, some of the quarterback play over the last few years, uh, it's been gut-wrenching, to be quite honest. But this is a a breath of fresh air to watch this young man come in and do what he's doing. Uh, Big fan before, and then you sit and you watch the games back, and you're even more, uh, more of a fan than when you're actually calling the games. He anticipates like a veteran quarterback. The ball comes out like a veteran quarterback. I was on Carolina Panthers radio um, yesterday, and we were talking about the the obviously the subject of C.J. Stroud and then sure. Br- you know uh, Bryce Young. Uh, I told him we got the best better of that deal, and uh, you guys had to pay a hefty price, but we got the better of the deal because of all the things that I just just uh, just described. And he gives this chance this team a chance to win every single time they touch the field. Do you think pre-draft when they're evaluating C.J. Stroud, it seems like the majority of the so-called draft gurus and draft experts had Bryce Young. And, and I they understand were wrong. they're in different positions. Yeah, they were wrong. But, but one, they, what did they miss from C.J. from college? I think I think the decision was made, oh, look at the competition that Alabama faces. Well, he's facing the same thing at Ohio State. You know, uh, well, he's used to playing in front of big crowds. Well, uh, Ohio State's the same thing. You go to you see the Penn State game last weekend. How crowded uh, the the uh, the stadium was. You get that at Michigan. You get. I mean, he's played in big games, so this is not too big for him. He's been there and done that already. And I think uh, a lot of draft guys really missed on that part of it. 
Doesn't it seem like everybody, and I remember this during the draft process, that everybody was giving credit everywhere else but to Stroud? That, yeah. Oh, well, he's got great receivers, which he did. He's got a great O-line. He has a great this, a great that. But I, I, it seemed like the credit that was really due to him, it, it, we, we still didn't give enough credit. He was still drafted there, number there two overall. There have been a lot of guys that have had great supporting cast and still didn't deliver. Um, somebody's got to get them the ball. You know, and in stride, so that they become the great receivers that that we talk about. And he was the, the distributor, and that's really really all he has to do here. He's got good talent around him. Nico is growing up right in front of our faces. I mean, Along he looks so Tank much Dale. better too, right? Uh, Schultz, Dalton Schultz is, yeah. is coming around at tight end, so there are weapons for CJ here, um, and and he's doing he's starting to do exactly what he did at Ohio State, and that's distribute the football. We, we talk a lot about C.J. as we should, but when I've watched quarterbacks, there have been quarterbacks in the past that I felt like they were just in the wrong position. Mm -hmm. And then other – and when I say wrong position, I mean uh, the wrong organization. Situation. Yeah, I, get you. I know exactly. Situation. Situation. Yeah. That, that's what I should have said. I've been there, done that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and then there are guys where I feel like they're in the perfect situation. Yeah. And then they did the Bryce work. Bryce Purdy. Uh, or Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy. Yeah. And I'll even say this. And I think he's the great, most accomplished – pro athlete of all time in Tom Brady. So mm -hmm. I'm not knocking him. I've already said he's the best to do it. But I believe there's a, a alternate universe. If he wasn't at New England where he was in, when he was in New England, we might not know who he is. Then on the flip side, because I want to get your take on this as well, there's a guy I used to follow for whatever reason, Matt Leinart. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in a different situation, he could be a household name. So Absolutely. Talk, talk to me about it. Absolutely. You know, like, and you make a great, great point. When you come into the NFL uh, and you're drafted high, you're drafted high for a reason, and you're going to a place that's not very good, um, longevity for a quarterback is if that staff and that system stays in place. How many systems did Brady play in his, in his, his entire time in New England? I think the same, because even it's when the they same, changed coaches, they same kept system. the same system. And they, they're still running the same system. Yeah. You can say the same thing about Terry Bradshaw. You can say the same thing about Joe Montana. You Troy can, Aikman. I can, oh, Troy Aikman. I can go down a, just a laundry list of guys that played in the same system, and we look at them as all-time greats. There's only been one that had to change and went to multiple systems, yet he still was a pro bowler in all of these places that he went. Hold on, I want to guess. I was trying to guess, too. Um, We're partners in a foundation together called Brothers oh, Warren in Arms. Moon. Oh. Yeah, Warren Moon. <laughs> yeah. That's the only one. Everywhere he went, he had success. He was in the run and shoot in Houston. They trade him to Minnesota. He goes to more mm. of a drop back. They have success in Minnesota. He ends up in Kansas City. They still are having success. Then he goes and finishes his career in Seattle where they had success. He was able to execute from within every system. You get a guy like Brady, put him in the run and shoot. Does he, is he as successful when you have to move more and throw the football? Uh, a lot of fans are going to argue, yes, but just because it's Tom Brady, you and I know that's not – Right. That's not feasible. So uh, there's only been one. And the rest of them, when you have the same system to go back, and that's the luxury of having Bill Belichick as your head coach, Those that system stays in-house and they build on it every single year that he comes back. I think I found another one. And then maybe Tom going down to Tampa, that is, you know, they, they were loaded and ready to go, though. Rich Gannon. 
Gannon was in a system in Minnesota that resembled a lot of uh, with with, with uh, the Raiders with the Raiders okay. with what he was doing. I with thought Gruden. I thought I found what he was doing with Gruden. That that resembled, <laughs> and I only know that because I was in both places. Okay, I was in Minnesota and I was in mm-hmm. uh, Oakland when Rich came when Rich came in. But when you look at Bryce Young, okay, so they're off to an zero and six start. Maybe mm-hmm. it's too early to say if the system's a right fit or not. I know they've got so much going on with their offensive line. But with that being said, and you've got Frank Reich that you brought in because, you know, he's dealt with so many quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. That's just, you know, we, meanwhile, the Texans have a defensive-minded coach, mm-hmm. which people thought that might be an issue. But when you look at the sacks that Bryce Young has taken versus C.J. Stroud, and we've had our own issues with the O-line, as you well know. Mm-hmm. The, what I mean, does that tell you something just in comparing, if you're trying to make an apples-to-apples comparison, how the two of them have both dealt with that sort of adversity? It tells me something because our situation on the offensive line here is worse Doesn't than it what seem they like have it? Yeah. In, in Carolina. Mm-hmm. What C.J. learned in a very short period of time, and I, I expressed this to them on the air uh, yesterday in talking to them, he, we hear the old adage of he do, this guy doesn't make the same mistakes twice. I am, we are literally living with that with CJ. He does not make the same mistake twice. So if he's sacked by holding on to the football too long, now he's starting to throw it away. He doesn't care about the percentage. He's under 50% or 60% for the first time all year, and that was because of the last game with New Orleans. They bring in heat. Nobody's open. Throw it away. Live to come back on second and third down. That's the smart way to play the position rather than taking sacks, create momentum for the other team because that's what sacks do. He's learned that in a very short period of time and knowing how to protect the football, get it out, get it away, and let's come back on the next down. A lot of quarterbacks don't learn that. They think they can outrun everything on because they did it on the college level. They think they can escape from everything because they did it on the college. This is a totally different animal. CJ realizes that. I don't quite know that Bryce has gotten there yet. Because when you look at their sack numbers, Bryce Young has 16 sacks on the season. And I just, for some reason, thought that Stroud's was super low. But Stroud has 13 sacks mm-hmm. because he took a majority of them in those first two those weeks. Those early weeks. Yep. And then the last four weeks, just two sacks. Yeah. And now the O-line's getting healthier. So is, yeah, is a lot it, of it just <clears throat> the off? Is it Bobby Slowick in the system? Does it allow him to? I think you credit D'Amico, and here's why. Because a lot of head coaches – always want to have influence. They always want to have their hands on everything. Heck, Jerry Glanville thought he could call offense and defense, uh, and he was a defensive guy first. But when you allow your coaching staff to coach, guys want to come to work for you, and they want to be in the – because they know they have – there's a uh, – forget the word I'm looking for, but they know they're invested in it and that they have it's, – it's theirs. And D'Amico doesn't mind. He doesn't have mm. that type of ego where he's got to run everything and be in charge of everything. He gives the credit where it's due. And and that uh, that goes a long way from not just the, the guys on your own coaching staff, but the players seeing you do that too. They know that you trust them. All right, on the flip side, and I, want, I do not want to make anybody uncomfortable, but this is something I thought was interesting. Deshaun Watson and how bad he's playing. When I used to have my daily radio show, First I of all, like, Indy, I literally just wrote that down. Oh, did you? Okay, I was good. like, so we got to ask Drake about Deshaun Watson. For the record, she's holding up a piece of paper I with his name on it. Down, so I'm glad you asked. We are not uncomfortable at all. <laughs> no, not at all. I, I feel like when I had my show and you know people were trying to predict how he was going to return, not enough people thought about just his mindset. Because this is a guy, wh- whether he's going to admit it or not, he really cared about what people thought about him. Yeah, he does. Even if, with, if all the – Especially at quarterback. Especially at quarterback, but – 
with everything going on off the field, even if all the charges are dropped and that's behind him, I still think it's messing with his mind that when you first think of Deshaun Watson, you think of the allegations, and you're starting to see it on the field. Roll into like, a visiting stadium. Oh. You know you know yeah. how that, what that's like, and you're getting called every name in the book after they've had a few pops, you know, uh, at the tailgate. Mm -hmm. So that's a constant reminder mm. every single time. I also have this conversation with Mark and John. I said, remember the days when we used to compare Lamar to Deshaun? That ain't even a conversation anymore, right. is it? I mean, Lamar has surpassed oh, yeah. Deshaun, and he's way in the rearview mirror. And that's, that's scary and unfortunate for Deshaun. It really is. What it's sad your... to see how he's playing right now. And uh, he doesn't need to find ways off the field. He needs to find his way, a, a way to stay yeah. on the field so that he tries to get back to a semblance of what he was. Yeah, I was going to ask Dre because I actually had that game on and he comes out in the first quarter, was cleared but didn't go back into the mm -hmm. game. And then, you know, P.J. Walker's leading the Browns. Like he, I, don't, I don't know about you guys. I mean, it seemed but like if, it say, was... If, if I'm the starter... And somebody, and I've been in a cast yeah. and somebody else is taking reps and I couldn't get out of it fast enough right. because that's my job like, and no, no, I'm no. watching somebody else do it better than I did it. So I got to get out of this damn thing or get my, if I can get back in the game, I'm going back in. Yeah, so that, to me, that was so odd. And then at the end of the game when they were at the goal line and they, you know, there was a timeout called or the right. clock was stopped. Like, you see P.J. Walker, you see Stefanski, you see some of the other players, but Deshaun was kind of off to the side yeah. and they kept, Showing him on the on the camera, it wasn't a good look. It wasn't. It was not a good look. He wasn't involved in that at all. Process he wasn't at all. helping PJ. What no. are you seeing? And you know, hey, Here's adjust what I think this we should way. Do. You know, we, I adjust this way to when they do this. Maybe try. He was not he involved wasn't doing that. whatsoever. It was on the seat with a. They gave given him a jack, big jacket, and he had his uh, his his hat the on. Snow hat on. Snow hat that he usually wears. He better hope PJ doesn't get comfortable. PJ's already comfortable. It's too late. They, for they that, look I think. The, the, the eye test, <laughs> mm -hmm. they're a better team or a better offense when PJ's playing. Wow. And it's been two weeks now than when Deshaun has been under center. And keep in mind that week, I'm sure he's not getting all the reps at practice. The, PJ. The, the so thing, I'm saying if there's going to be a week or two yeah. where he gets all the first team reps, then it could get real interesting well, to see what he could do on But Sunday. there's the overriding factor. Money. Two, three, one. <laughs> yeah, 231 guaranteed. He's going to play. Gotcha. But they why? Play. But what? Like, I cannot for the life of me figure out what the motivation is. I'm like, is there a clause in his contract where something is void if he gets hurt again? Like, why is he not the I competitor don't know that. that, you know, he wanted to be? Yeah, again? I, I thought he was the guy that you had to wrestle him off the field. I, I thought so too. And that he showed that at times here. So, what you're Absolutely. talking about in terms of between the ears, might actually be factoring mm -hmm. in where there's a a, a a a dent in the armor, so to speak. A it becomes bit. a discussion that's not even a football discussion. Yeah. But I was just yeah. surprised yes. that people weren't factoring. You, you know, we, we we used to have people call in and say, "Oh, he's going to be great. He's going to pick up where he left." No, off. no, 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 no. You then missed two years. Call, that's a lot of time. Oh no, that's... and you're walking in because didn't he have a book like? Right before uh, all of this came out, like yeah. it was like a positive self improvement the, book. Oh gosh, it's the something servant. I didn't know the, this. Uh, yeah, 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 like some. Book, You're educating uh, me today. Yeah, <laughs> that's why we're on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Look, that's why we I knew. probably have a copy of it around here. It came out before COVID and before everything. Oh wow, else that, that's yeah. why I knew his branding was important to him. It was some kind of self help book, uh, you know, and I think it has some biblical connotations. Mm -hmm. So 
when you're trying to present that image and now, like you said, you're going into every away stadium and people are calling you a rapist or calling you a... That's tough uh, to get uh, over. That's yeah, tough yeah, to like get that, That's tough. Even, tough. If, if, even if in his mind he feels like he's innocent, to know that that's your brand. So I knew that was going to be a mental hurdle. Yeah. And, and I was just and, and at that position, everything's mental. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you get to that level, we can all, they, we can all throw... We can all move around. We all know the pocket and, and how to manipulate the pocket. It's the mental part of the game. That is 90% of the game itself when you play the quarterback, the position of quarterback. It's Pass tough. it on, work hard, serve others, repeat. Deshaun Watson. Available on Amazon for 50% off, Dre. Yeah, he probably fifty percent, fifty cents. Like giving him away right yeah. now. Yeah. Hey, and no. I'm not knocking on him because he's down. But no, that just, no, but you it's, know, it's just tough. It's a, That's it's a, a tough weird, sale, though. Yeah. And yeah. it's a weird situation because you're watching the Browns and the Colts, and you know, I think all along we were, Mark and I were discussing this. We're cheering for the Browns to lose because we got the Browns draft pick. But now all of a sudden, you find yourself in this situation where. The Texans, a lot of people are talking about them being in this wild card mix, yeah. you know? And, and so then you're like, well, we don't want the Colts to get the win because right. you're neck and neck with them as well. Right. I uh, I can honestly say that I didn't – playoffs wasn't even in my mind before the season started. You know, just win more games than you won last year and let's, let's, get, let's be positive. Let's be competitive right. each and every week. That's all I ask for. Now – when, with, what, with what I'm seeing and how the team has responded to D'Amico, the job that he's doing, the energy in the building, uh, it's different. And so you look at the division itself, there's no super team in this division. There's no Kansas City in the AFC South uh, or you know anybody else or Philadelphia in this division. It's very much gettable for anybody. And you've beaten the team already that that's, leads the division. That's in the lead, yeah. So it uh, – th- th- it's there. I mean, it's there for the taking, whether it's a divisional, you're the divisional champion, or you figure out a way to uh, get in by the wild card. I think it's it's very much feasible. And you look at the rest of the schedule, they're going to be competitive in, in just about every game. They can win every one of them. Uh, that includes Tampa Bay coming here. And you know what? The team is getting healthier, too. Yeah, and so that's I want, a big part I of I want it. to ask you about Tank Dell because he's he was back at practice yesterday. He missed this last game. Tank's ready. Tank I saw him on Saturday. We yeah. were both on the sideline. At uh, at the Cougar game, which I'm very very proud of. Oh, he I know was you. There. You okay. can tout <laughs> that you got one on me. I don't know how the heck that happened. What I'm do you still, mean you don't know? I, I'm still in. Uh, I'm. St- I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm mad still having problems. Come back in I'm the still, game. I'm still a, having problems game, with it. I'm still having problems with it. Now, I'm not talking about. <laughs> no, he's talking about the text. He's talking about when I'm Rice talking about playing oh, Rice. Oh, that I, game. Actually, I actually have to call them Rice now because they were the Krispies, <laughs> and then when they beat you, you call them Rice for a year, and then we'll, we'll revisit next year. But I was. I was uh, I was beside myself losing to Rice, and then this weekend well, hold I could on. not. You can't just br- no, no. for for a DP. Just so you know, the game started the way it was supposed to. Rice was up twenty-eight zero, like we typically do. Uh, just well, like when the we Texas play, game <laughs> when we play University. And then here Houston. we come. We decided to start playing football, and we made it a game. Yeah. I just did not want them to get run out of the building and to just compete so much so that I told Dana before the game. Just make sure you compete for 60 minutes. Just go make sure they play hard for 60 minutes. That's all we ask for as alums. He made sure that happened. Yeah. And and it al- and almost pulled up the biggest upset. Now of you're the talking season. about UT. Yes. Yes, yes, yes of yes. course. Okay. Let me tell you why I'm surprised that this man to my right said that. 
when, for some reason, we're all different when we retire. When I retired from the NFL, all my competitive juices were just gone. Like, I'm like, yeah. like if you beat really? me up right now, DP, I'm like, oh, whatever. All my competitive <laughs> juices are gone. My my former teammate and good friend, Robert Smith, and I, uh-huh. we coach a young basketball team. And we're coaching against <laughs> like Andre. you win some, you lose yeah, some yeah, kids. Yeah, that, that's, that, that was myself and Robert's approach. We're coaching the against. The parents are probably not having it. No, they don't. But we're coaching uh, against Andre's team. And first of all, his team was younger than our team. He makes his team play up so they get the experience. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Our team, again, we're just having fun. We don't have anybody who could ball handle. He does a full court press from the jump <laughs> for the entire game. And Robert and I are looking at each other like, what is going on? And he's coaching and yelling. And I think they're beating us by like 30. And he's still dog cussing his players out. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, that's what it takes to win a Heisman because the competitive juice. It doesn't go away. Never it goes just away. never goes away. Never goes away. And, and we're and just trying to have a good time. My approach to it all is that I'm getting kids ready for what you're going to face. Um Somebody that's certainly going to coach you harder than I am. So if you can, if you can, you can, you can no, if you can play for me, you can play for most coaches. Uh, and I just left actually a high school. That's why I was kind of behind off schedule getting here uh, because I was speaking to a high school team, Austin High School out mm-hmm. in Fort Ben. Fort Ben, Austin. Yeah. But uh, and some of those kids have actually played. A couple of kids on that team played for me. Um, but I'm also coaching years in advance and giving knowledge for what you're going to face rather than the immediate. And so, you know, we we uh, we press and we we play hard and we play that way for the entire portion yeah. of the game. And my reason for doing that is, yeah, you may be up by 20 in this game, but the stuff that you've done, some of the things that you've done in this game against a better team is going to cost us. And so I'm always that's that's my biggest fear is that playing against a good competitive team, we make too many mistakes and that costs us a game. Is is there a coach that you like that you really responded to as a player, like a, a certain great style question. of coaching. It's a great question. Uh, the harder you were on me, the more I responded. So you, that was you, because some players I think don't respond. No, to you that. got you it. got moms that the minute you raise your voice, it's like, <gasps> how dare you talk to my baby that way? Or you use, you know, that, you know, I've, I've some of my best moments. I'm not proud of them. I've I've dropped a profanity, you know, laden uh, whatever <laughs> it is Rant, you want to call uh-huh. it. But that's with my older kids. That's when they're 14 and. And uh, they they're used to hearing those things. When the games that he's talking about, they were a little bit younger at that point in time. And you got to kind of put your arm around them. But in a gym that's loud and noisy, and you got parents cheering, it's going to come across that it's I'm like a, a little bit loud. I'm, like I'm not whisper. trying to I'm not trying to whisper or call you over. I'm going to give you instruction <laughs> while the game's going on. And Andy, what about you? Who did you respond to? You know. Similar. I, I was the one, like, if you dog cuss me and I know I'm in the wrong, I'm like, okay, I feel bad and I want to make it better. Yeah, you, you know, I'm not okay. the one who make goes it up into to the shell. Uh, then I, I'll tell you what, Tommy Brazier, when I was in Philadelphia, I was having a, a decent run one year with my sack total up. And I came off a game where uh, I, I think I had like three sacks and I was defense player of the week. And he called me into his office and I was walking up there with my chest out. And, like, he oh, yeah. and, and he's a ex-military. Point not to flaws. That, that, I'm walking up there thinking <laughs> he's about to pat me on the back and tell me how great I'm playing and, and this, that, or the other. As soon as I sit down, he says, 
this is why you'll never be as good as Michael Sinclair. Oh. And it was somebody he, he coached. Uh, and then he just went on and on and talked about it. And then on my way out, he was all, oh, yeah, congrats on the, the award. Job. So, you know, those type of coaches, keeping that's you why humble. I responded. Keeping you hungry. Yeah. That's exactly what that was all about. And, and a lot of coaches will play mental games. If, yeah. you've, if you've been around guys that were on uh, the Parcells staff, that's all they do. They play mental games like that all the time. All these playing them with Russell, uh, Sean Payton's playing them with Russell Wilson in, in Denver right this minute. All right, well, we're not going to play any games with you. We'll get right back to Texans <laughs> Huddle, Heisman Trophy winner, NFL color, and college color analyst Andre Ware sitting to my right, DP to my left. I'm ND. This is Texans Huddle. Keep it right here. Welcome in. Welcome back, Texans Huddle. I am ND. She is DP and Andre Ware. Sitting to my right, you, as I was saying, our names: NDDP and Andre. And Andre, Mo, most guys, is obviously you know this, don't go by their government name. But Andre, <laughs> where like was it a dub? Like what was your what, what was nickname? Nickname or abbreviation? The very first nickname I ever had Drake? was given, given to me by my great grandmother. Was and she said it's too hard to say Andre and it's too long to say it, so I'm calling him Andy. Hmm. And how she how she got Andy out of Andre is beyond me, but that's stuck. So in my hometown, I was Andy Ware Interesting. Before, really? long before Andre. I think I graduated or matured into Andre at some point because I was ne- in my hometown. If I'm walking around, walking the streets, riding my bike, whatever, I'm Andy. Hey, what about at Dickinson High School when you're making plays? Did they say Andy Ware with the touchdown pass? Um, teammates call me Andre. Classmates call me Andre. Anybody else, I was Andy. Interesting. You so don't even look like an Andy to me. Yeah, I was Andy, and I answered to him. And you answered huh. to Andy. All right, I, I was so actually. So if, if you if you approach me and, or someone says Andy Ware, yeah, I know they're from Dickinson, Texas, and and I'm going to turn around them. and greet and and talk, and I know you're from my hometown. Otherwise, you don't know that. Interesting. I, I was going to ask you because I was reading a, a great article on CJ Stroud on ESPN about his handshakes, how he has mm-hmm. different handshakes with all the different players, and mm-hmm. it got me thinking about you when you. Through touchdown passes, how did you? What like what type of celebrations <laughs> did you used to have? I uh, I, 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 wanna, had I, one, I really am hoping that you were super flashy. I really no, I wasn't. That for me. I had one with Manny Hazard that uh, when we connected, we 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 had a handshake. Um, aside from that, I just throw up the one to let you know that's another one, hmm. and that really? was that was about it. Okay. But uh, I tried to play the game as even keel as I possibly could. I never got too high from throwing a touchdown pass, and I never got too low when I threw an interception because you have to manage the game through the entire 60 minutes. That was my advice to Donovan Smith right before kickoff at the U of H Texas game. Remain in the middle today. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of stuff that goes on, and it, will go, it won't go your way. But you've got to be the steady force that, that, that kind of leads this and guides this ship. And uh, first pass out of the gate, he has a, a receiver open that it was a big drop. That was a huge play right in the chest. Ball goes on the ground. And he managed to come back from that. And even being down 21 nothing, he managed to get, just kind of stay steady and lead his team back where they had a chance to win it at the end. That's, all, that's how you play the position because there's so many things that go on around you that if you allow yourself out of that space and get too high and celebrating a, a touchdown – a magical touch, whatever it is, or you get too low because you've thrown an interception. Guess what? You're gonna, you're not gonna play up to your capability. I, I think that's probably got to be the, one of the hardest <clears throat> things as a quarterback it's tough. When, when your receiver drops a really wide open. Oh, now in practice, pass. I was a different animal. 
Yeah. If you drop one of mine in practice, uh, especially early in my career at U of H, <clears throat> I'd meet you about halfway. And I'm I'm cussing as I'm coming towards you. Okay. <laughs> because I'm trying to win this job. I need that play, man. You know what I'm saying? And so uh Jason Phillips, Manny Hazard, James Dixon, they uh, Brian Williams, all of them will tell you I was a different dude if you put the ball on the ground. Well, so what, what would you a- do in the game? <laughs> <laughs> Catch just- the damn ball, man. And that's all I would say. That's you. all you would say. That's okay. all I would say. Catch the damn ball. If you want it again, catch it. Mm. Okay, what if they're open and for some reason you throw an off pass? Well, what do you do? They might. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> they might have something to say at that when point. But I'm not. Say, I might say my bad. Okay, that's, 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 that's about it. You know, I'm acknowledge that it was my fault, and they they did then. But I would still have something snide right. to, to what's, say. What's the etiquette if 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 it's your fault? The way the pass goes, is the receiver allowed to say how to exchange words on, with the quarterback or no? They never did, and they they, the they probably know it's in their best interest to not, not to because it would lead somewhere based on how I was how I was in that moment or a quarterback is in that moment. So you just you know the chemistry of whose fault it was. If you were supposed to continue on a route that you cut off and I threw to where I thought you were going, that's you. Mm-hmm. You know, and and he would come back. Whoever it was would come back and say, "My bad." If I did it where I threw behind you or whatever it was, I would acknowledge, hey, that's my bad. My fault won't happen again. But it's when you try to deflect and you it's your fault and you won't own it. Mm. With me, that's a different deal. Yeah. I mean, we're gonna have some words at that. What do you mean? <laughs> that's that's not that's not you. That is your fault. And so we uh once you know my style though, I'm easy to play with. All right, speaking of styles, I've been with different coaches you've been, and they all have different styles, different approaches coming mm-hmm. off the bye week. Mm-hmm. Texans coming off the bye week. Part of me thinks what you should do early in the week, have a very physical practice. I agree. Like knock the, I don't want to use the word rust because I don't think rust develops after just a week, but just to kind of shock your oh, body you, back You'd be into, surprised. I hated bye weeks. Really? If I was hot going in, a, I hated bye weeks. Oh. Hated them. Mm-hmm. Because once you get in a rhythm, it's hard it to recapture yeah. that. Once you start getting in the flow of things, and and football players are as superstitious as as anybody else, uh, we wear the same socks. I and mean, if you win, you don't wash. Whatever that superstition mm-hmm, is, mm-hmm. but I hated it when we were playing well as a team, and we were really rolling. And then here comes the bye week, and maybe we we needed to heal up. Maybe we don't, but I just hated it from the standpoint of what it did to the rhythm that we'd established. Yeah. Yeah. But are- and, then, and then with your physical part of it, mm-hmm. I believe in that too. Okay. You get right back into yeah. the, the the grind of football and let the entire team know this isn't the vacation that you're just coming back from the couple of days that I've given you mm-hmm. off. It's time to get back to work. And you immediately flip the switch uh, in their minds of it's time to get going again. Isn't that the Monday? Isn't that what the Monday practice is for, though? To knock off some rust, you get an extra like a bonus day of practice and then you just hit your Wednesday, Thursday. like You mean before like- the bye week? Like after, after. like after. how did you do back. it? Like when you're coming out of the bye week. I'll tell you what, Andy Reid was very liberal with his bye weeks. If we were winning, he would give us more oh, time yeah. off than yeah. any other coach I've ever been around. Really? And, and what I'm talking about, DP, like you, mean you the mentioned, week before. No, yeah. so if, if we're winning and having a good year, like you and, have a winning record and before we have a the winning bye record week. before okay. the bye week, and we're coming off two, three game win streak. Not only will we get that entire week off. 
Then he'll tell us don't show up until like Wednesday. Oh, the Ooh. Wednesday that we have a game. That's but, beautiful. But keep in mind, you're gonna work have, when you come back. We have Brian Dawkins uh, as a leader, Troy Vincent, uh, you know John Runyon, uh, Donovan McNabb was was our quarterback. So we had guys where, even though we're not as a team. In that weight room, there's about 80% of the there. guys in there. You, you know, if you go into a meeting room, mm-hmm. at least half the guys are in there watching film on the other even team. At, even though he's giving you even the time. Even though he gave us and the that, time And that's off, what being so, a pro is all yeah. about right there. You, you're taking ownership of of your career and the team at that point. And that's, because guys that's what you strive for. And he's giving it knowing that Brian. They're still going to come in. Well, yeah. he, he's gonna, yeah, that they're gonna coming make... in. Brian and those guys, all the leaders that he talked about, hey, man, let's go get this lift. Yeah. It's almost better that way because then it's the players you, you, wanting to exactly. come in. You're not, not because a team they have until to. the team, the, yeah. the the players lead the team. It's not. It's the leadership doesn't need to really come from the head coach and the coaching staff. When the team itself polices itself, that's when you have a good team. Oh, and don't let guys. So, with that being said, going into a game where we knew we had the bye week after, and we only got that if we were going to win. You know, if we if we if won, you're winning, I should yeah. say. So that week before the game, that's before the bye week, if the practices aren't going the way it should be, Coach Reed didn't have to say anything because mm-hmm. the vets who wanted that time they off. They wanted the time. I mean, guys would be like, look, I already got my MF and ticket out of here after the game. <laughs> I'm like, like I'm not getting yeah. a refund. Like, we need to pick it up at practice and yeah. make sure that that's uh, absolutely you know, we true. go out on top. Do you, did you guys often do the see you Wednesdays where you don't come back Monday or Tuesday like late oh, in the, the season if you're winning? Yeah, we'll I feel like win. we haven't seen those in a while. Like I'd be in here. Atlantic City when that would oh, happen. See you Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Straight to the airport. Yeah, yeah. Uh, th- those are for me. I-, I used to just stay put, but just rest and just kind of yeah. take a mental break uh, when you get those extra two days. Off. But but with a team you, full you of rookies, you could have played for Tom Coughlin then. <laughs> could have or could not. Could not. Could have. Yeah, because he wanted you to rest. We go to camp and he would give us a day off. One, you couldn't wear sunglasses around him. He wanted to see everybody's eyes and look into your eyes and whatever else he got from that. Yeah. And the second thing was, if he gave you off, it was time to rest. It was to, to rest. No, I believe in that. Not to go play golf. Yeah. Not to travel not or go, go out of town or <laughs> no. whatever. Go rest. Put your feet up. Oh. I like that. I, like, yeah. I, I never yeah. – and keep in mind, back in my day, you know, training camp was really training it camp. It was training I like camp. like what it is now. I never understood when we did have an afternoon off or a day off and guys would just go play. I was like, man, like I'm staying in bed. Like yeah. I'm staying right. in bed and watching TV. So I never quite understood uh, how some of those guys had the energy. You got the extra that. energy to yeah. go do X, Y, and Z. All right, so big matchup. Is, is this more fan-based or will the players be thinking about it? Because the Carolina Panthers, obviously, uh, the next opponent, number one versus number two. Mm-hmm. Does that creep into CJ's mind or Bryce Young's mind, or is that just more fan and media-related? Oh, I think it definitely is in their minds. Okay. And and they will forever be connected as one and two. And, and obviously, you're two. You want to outplay one. Mm-hmm. And you feel like going in that you have the better team. But one, they feel like this is a get-well game for them with you coming into town. And so there's going to always be that uh, – <clears throat> that competition, the quiet competition between the two of them. Uh, they were in New York together, and Bryce beat mm-hmm. CJ for the Heisman, beat him out of the Heisman, so to speak. So this will on a much lesser level or a different level, so to speak. This this will be uh, this will be a good one for CJ to put on his on his belt. And you, I'm Mark, and I were discussing this earlier, Mark Vandermeer, and he's he's very worried about this game. He said 0 and six record, but. 
they're coming off a bye as well. And they led. Who was it in their last game? For Miami. Yep. Yeah. And fourteen nothing in their last game. They put up some game. points. Yeah. It's not like they're getting shut out in these. They're games. getting better. They're getting is what better. They are. Progressively, they've changed their their play caller. So now mm-hmm. Thomas Brown's calling the plays. Frank Reich's doing some things differently. I mean, you never know. They might be close to turning it around. Yeah. At the end of the day, though, Frank is still the guy that's got to make the decisions to go for it on fourth down, to kick a field goal or not kick a field goal. And he's analytic up as much as anybody that I've ever seen. He uses that uh, so much. So sometimes I think in the wrong. He basically gave us a game last year because of it, and I want to say the year before as well. But he's still making decisions that are going to affect what that football team does, whether he's the play caller or not. I don't know that that, that matters in, in the grand scheme of things other than uh, from an experience standpoint or you've seen certain uh, things that you can adjust to right uh, on the spot. If you're an experienced play caller, th- that's not the, the case for Carolina right now. But they are. They have been playing a little bit better. Um, and they, they look at this team as, at the, as the Texans as their get-well game and a game that they feel like they can, they can get. We talked a lot of quarterback, obviously, with you, with C.J. Stroud, the uh, position you played. Mm-hmm. But the running back, Damian Pierce is a guy that most defensive players fell in love with his style of play last year. It doesn't feel like you're seeing that same intensity, but you know he's a guy that wants it. You know he's mm-hmm. a guy that puts in work. W- what's different? What are you seeing that's different from the this intensity year is last? still there? Yeah, the the ability to run is still there. He's not, and I answered this question yesterday as well. Um, when you have a makeshift offensive line, and as a running back, they feel it more than the quarterback because the holes just aren't there. Mm. And so you're running into a wall over and over and over again, or you're having to make a guy miss two yards in the backfield when you just got the ball. So I don't care if it's Bo Jackson. I don't care if it's Marcus Allen. I don't care who it is. If you are having problems up front with the five guys in front of you, it doesn't matter who the running back is. And so that's the difference in this year's version of of Damian Pierce and last year's version of Damian Pierce. It's funny. There's one name you didn't mention that you didn't care. I think Harris Sanders. A, yeah, of there's course. only one man because he, he can make a miss. <laughs> yeah, like there's only one guy <laughs> he can make a miss and then still go eighty. For all the people under, I guess thirty five, <laughs> probably even le- or maybe forty who never really saw him play Ooh, in wee. person. And I'm not talking about highlights and going to you. Go just, pull just it up, man. Just game. Go pull it up. And, and just he would make four or five guys. He, he would have the the most magical two-yard game. Oh, he, I mean, I've seen some. Unbelievable. And then even away from the football field, he's one of the best athletes I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. We go to play pickup basketball at Oakland University in, he's in the offseason. Like he ain't just dunking, Indy. He's standing flat-footed under wow. the basket going straight up at 5'8". Boom. Now, I've never seen Barry talk noise about football ever in my life. He's the most humble guy you would ever meet until you put a basketball in his hand. He thinks he's Magic Johnson. <laughs> and he talk talks trash? more trash on a basketball court than anybody I've ever played with. All right, that's the ninja in him. I'll let y'all figure that one out. Quick timeout. One more segment to go. Texans huddle right here. (laughs) Welcome, man. Welcome back. One more segment to go. Texans huddle coming off the bye week. Houston Texans hot going into the bye week. And the hope is they stay hot as they're about to take on the Carolina Panthers. Talked a lot of offense. Talked a lot of quarterback, running back. But the real side of the ball, the defensive side of the ball, <laughs> the, real side yeah, of the, the, ball. The, the side that we all love, uh, the defensive side. 
When, when you when you look at this Texan defense, Dre, and obviously you study both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. Where you know what? Because we've been it's been all rainbows and butterflies right now. Where do you want to see more improvement after the bye week on the defensive side of the ball? Yeah. Not, not, it doesn't have to be specific. Position, no, the ability to like, stop the run. Okay, that that's mm. it. It's run stopping. The front seven has got to get better. I mean, it, it's this is what this league is built on and about. And if you can't stop it, you're gonna bleed. bleed you're gonna you're gonna live a, or bleed a slow death every single week. And that's just how teams once they sense it. Everybody's got a good running back or one that is accomplished enough to hurt you for 60 minutes. Uh, and and so I, I think we saw that last year at the tune of 170 yards per clip, which is unbelievable to me. Those numbers are down. Uh, they're playing better. They held Kamara in, in check this past game or the last game that they had, and he is as elite as they get at that position. So you feel like going forward they're they're going to be able to get a handle on it. Um, but it's that's the one area where you want to be dominant in, and that's that's where they need to get to. What about the secondary? It seemed like when Derek Stingley, Derek Stingley, I feel like should be coming back off hopefully. IR soon, hopefully. But in in the case that he, since he hasn't through these first six games, what have you seen from like Stephen Nelson and Shaq Griffin and those guys? They've stepped up. Nelson's obviously leading the team in interceptions with three. He's like Mr. And Interception. And Shaq Griffin, yeah. he's so long, it's hard to get open on him. So I don't know that they've missed uh, Stingley much, to be quite honest right. with you. They, they really haven't missed him. Um, the secondary's playing well. Jimmy Ward being back, that's that's he's playing some outstanding football. And then Petrie is is the one of the best in the secondary or one of the best in the entire league at his position and how he's being utilized has helped him as well. Right around the line of scrimmage, he's involved in a lot of tackles, but on the back end, he can defend the pass as well. So the the secondary, I think, is is one of the strong suits of this team. It's the guys in front of them that really have to have mm. to step up. You said some interesting things about the run game. From a quarterback's perspective, if you are finding your running back picking up four yards, five yards, Ooh, six yards, it makes my pop, job so much easier. That's what I was going to ask. So like, much easier. Do you tell the coach, hey, let's keep running? Yeah, it, or absolutely. Do you say, hey, I, I want to show my arm. Hey, I show don't, my arm. don't get out of this. Let's just make them, make them quit. Because you can literally make a team quit mm-hmm. by running the football at them over and over and over again and having success, those three, four, five-yard carries uh, over and over again, that's debilitating. That just wears you down. It's exhausting, I yes. would Yes, and if you're yeah. doing it with uh, with tempo to go along with it, that re- that gets you there even faster. So, uh, I, yeah, it's it's that's why it's said that it's a, a quarterback's best friend along with a tight end. Mm-hmm. I don't know that because I ain't played with a whole lot of tight ends. <laughs> but I can tell you the running game does, and, and it makes play action – a whole lot easier because once you show the football, linebackers got to respect yeah. it. If you're hitting them for four yards of carry, you pull it out. Now you've got Dalton Schultz up the up the seam or in the middle of the field. If you're just dropping back and they drop, draw plays work, all that good stuff, it just all mixes and meshes together. How does switching the running backs change up the rhythm of the run game? Because like with the Texans well, I this thought year, we've seen – Yeah, like, I thought they did an outstanding over, job. Right. I, I gave Danny Barrett a lot of credit – on the air based on the substitution pattern that they've had. Obviously, Pierce is is the main back, and he's going to get the bulk of the carries. But Singletary got hot the other day against New Orleans, and I like the fact that they left him in when he got hot to, hey, you know, he we got a makeshift offensive line. He may read it or see something that Pierce isn't seeing right now, and it might help him. 
What it also does is it gives you a fresh back every single time to keep coming out of defense with. And so Singletary stepping up in that game, it was huge, huge. And I think they just by accident ended up with 13 carries apiece. I want to get your take on this. What what are some of the trappings of a young quarterback having success? We've seen Carson Wentz go from <laughs> face of the league to mm-hmm. I don't even know what team. I, out of the I, I, I literally he's not don't in the league right now. Is he not? No, in the he's league? not in the league. That's right amazing. Now. Uh, we've seen where at one point Gardner Minshew yeah. was going to be the next Tom Brady because of his story, and now he's playing. But w- what do you tell? a young quarterback that's experienced some success early on to make sure that they can maintain that. That makes sure you continue to study. Make sure you study every single week because you're not going to see the same. Whatever you see that's consistent from week to week is what that team did that was successful against you. That's going to be in their game plan defensively, mm-hmm. and you're going to see something else that you've, you hadn't seen. It's It takes years of experience before you, or years of playing before you get the experience to where – you've seen it all, or you've seen most things that they can throw at you. You're not seeing that certainly as a rookie or as a young player um, that that uh, is doing it for the first time. So study hard every single week. Uh, my philosophy was once the season started, the outside world didn't exist. Mm. I became a very bored or boring person to be around because it was football. I was either at the facility. I was either studying when I was at home. I was either watching film when I was at home. It was something – that was football related. And then when the season was over, you get back to, to living your life because you only get that small amount, that small window for a very small amount of time. You've got to try to maximize it as a young player. So don't think that you've seen anything that that's going to make you comfortable that you automatically assume, oh, they run cover one, but they may get to cover one in a totally different mm-hmm. manner than what that team you played last week got to it in do you think that's the problem with some of these guys I know we I can't so. comp them I all think so. together yeah right? I think so but you get comfortable in your surroundings and and think that uh you've had some success the game's going to be easy for you you still have to study because one defensive coordinator to the next they do not think alike mm-hmm. it's totally different they're all going to put their spin on certain defenses that you might deem as basic they're going to make it look like something else just to try to mess with you. So you got to figure out what that tail is that they're going to give you. And that's what you study film for are the tails. I mean, as a quarterback, was there any particular type of coverage or something you'd see and you're like, yes, this is this oh, You is play my me man-to-man, cover you're one, like, one this safety is, in the middle. I can do this middle. all day long. Yeah, all one safety in the middle. We play Texas. This I'm going to go back to college first. We would play Texas, and they thought they could play us in man-to-man because <clears> – <throat> As I said, that was their arrogance. Uh, they could line up, and this is U of H, these little receivers, we're going to just kill them with man-to-man, and we would just throw <laughs> corner routes. Then when they start overplaying the corner, we give you a, a nod to the corner and go to the post. Their guys going still running to the corner, and I'm throwing touchdown passes in the middle of the field. I mean, it was that, that was the defense I loved, and mm. I knew we could block it up, and I knew they couldn't stay with um, our receivers. I also knew the, the chemistry that we built. So based on the wiggle that Jason would give, I knew which direction which he was go. going, right or left. It was that kind of chemistry. of, And you have to have it in a passing offense. Otherwise, you got balls sailing all over the place. But we were able to kind of capture lightning in a bottle. That's a so statement you got to make, stop, and let people gnaw on it. Like, really think about what he said, that as a quarterback – you can see the juke move, which is left, right, left, right, mm-hmm. and determine which way you're going to go. Gonna go, gonna go. Like, <laughs> we would, I don't we think would, people would, we would actually the... we would actually tell people in interviews. Uh, 
I would say I knew where he was going before he did. Wow. And there was a pass that proved it against Texas where I was getting hit, and I just put the ball where I thought he was going. Ooh. And I just laid there listening for the reaction of the crowd. Wow. And when I heard our crowd react, I knew what had happened. It was a touchdown pass. Is that from practice? Yes, from practice all summer. over and over. That's, that goes all the way back to summer workouts where you're not just out throwing balls and mm. throwing routes. That's what – and I tell people all the time, there are guys – about 90% of the guys in the NFL are, are running plays. Mm-hmm. The other 10% are playing quarterback. You start playing quarterback mm. when, when all the things that we just described and you know knowing where your receivers are in the summers, ironing out how he's going to break routes off or come back to me on a simple curl route, it becomes a comeback to keep the defender bet- – uh, your body between the, def- the defender and the football. That's playing quarterback. Stuff C.J. Stroud's doing, anticipating, that's playing quarterback. He's not just running plays anymore. That's hard to get to, especially early. Well, there's 90% of people who just talk in mics and 10% of us doing an actual podcast. That's right. That's, that's, that's what right. we're doing here at Texas Huddle. She's DP. I'm Indy. That's been the great Andre Ware. That's going to do it for us. All Access coming that's up right. next. That's right. Texans All Access coming up and Texans matchup after that. Awesome. Thanks Good so stuff. much, guys. Enjoyed it, guys.